Are you ready to talk about the motion picture shows? I don't know. I'd probably have to say yeah on that one, question mark. Three hours for a movie? Welcome to Football's Day. I needed this thing to end quick, fast, and in a hurry. Is it though? Is it a good movie? Yes. I think so. Welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender. With me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Hello there. Hi. On uh, May the 4th be with you. <laughs> yeah. If Obi-Wan said that to me, I'd be like, hi. <laughs> You'd be like, you're just Ben Kenobi. You're just some <laughs> old desert dweller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. seven people will be back, and in greater numbers. So, yeah, man, it's uh, it's a good day today for the most part. It was really cold this morning, but the sun came out. I got my daily run in, and it felt good. So nice. I feel like a a bag of bag of poop every once in a while. But um, today was not too bad, not too shabby on the old almost thirty five year old body. Nice. I took a run today with Rizzo, and I coughed for like three hours afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Did you run down to the smoke shop and get some, oh, some cigarettes? I don't know where it came from. Opening up all the all the lungs there, and it didn't didn't work out. Your body's like not safe, not yeah. safe. <laughs> it was bad. I didn't like it. I was like, that was a bad idea. Well, the problem was we went for a quick run before Alex had a meeting, oh. and I was like, oh man. But I already showed Rizzo the leash, so she was having freakout mode, and so I was like, fuck, I gotta take her. She saw the leash, so then I was like, that's okay. We'll just run. So I run around the block. It's a big block, but. Um, whew, I was not only winded, but I was coughing when it was over. That's no bueno. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I'm fat. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, pH but, um, fat. Like yeah. Lil' Kim. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Keep it on the low down. The down low. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, anyway, it, uh, as you say, it's uh, May the 4th. That's exciting stuff. It's also Stephen's birthday, so happy birthday to Stephen. Happy birthday, Stephen uh, K. Janes. We got a Mother's Day coming up, so we're going to do the mummy. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Mummy's Day. Day. (laughs) (laughs) Mummy, mummy. (laughs) You know, that old chestnut. Uh, From 1999, written and directed by Stephen Summers, who you might know from Van Helsing, which is Terrible, by the way. I hate that movie so much, but that's another story. Uh, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, and Odd Thomas. Uh, Thomas, he's an odd fellow. <laughs> it doesn't have like a colon and then like that Thomas is an odd fellow. I just made that up. It's not like a country song with some dot, dot, dots and some more words. But, you know. There you go. Uh, the original screenplay of The Mummy from 1932 was actually written by John L. Balderson. So, and it kind of has the same story. An Egyptian mummy searches Cairo. That's in Egypt for, <laughs> for all you uh, Team America fans out there. Uh, searches <laughs> for a girl that he thinks is, uh, is his long lost princess. So it's kind of the same story. Cairo, that's in Egypt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny, right? Durka Durka Muhammad Jihad. <laughs> I know. That's so bad. I think he's like, saying, kiss me, kiss me, <laughs> smart-ass motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's ridiculous. It's so funny, though. Oh, uh, my gosh. The cast includes Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, John Hanna, Arnold Vosloo, and Kevin 
Kevin J. O'Connor and one of the most beautiful men on the planet, Oded Fair. <laughs> Love that guy. Hot. So hot right now. <laughs> Uh, Kenneth Turan, critical reception, might as well get into that really fast, uh, was pretty kind. It was 61%, which is certified fresh on the old tomato meter there, and uh, it has a 75% audience score. Right around that same last couple movies have all been like mid-70s. I think the last two were 77. This one's 75. That seems odd to me, because I feel like a lot of people love this movie, but yeah. apparently it's only a C. Yeah. What can you do? So Kenneth Turan from the Los Angeles Times, he doesn't like it. He says both Vice and the always agreeable Fraser are capable and attractive performers, but the film drags its uninspiring action out too long for anyone's good, even for anyone who's not 14. Oh, wow. When, did, when was that written, does it say? Uh, February 14th, 2001. Oof. I didn't age well. No, but I mean... The movie came out in 99, so mm-hmm. I don't, maybe it was just a lot of these are in 2001, so maybe... Maybe they converted them. They were archived yeah. documents and someone just transferred them over. They had, they had to go to the library and pull up all the, the headlines in the newspaper. They used the dials and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a real gumshoe. Yeah. <clears throat> let's see here. Excuse me. Um, let's see. David Hunter from The Hollywood Reporter says, far more ambitious than its predecessors, but a notch or two below the unique event movie experience it might have been. Wow. Keith Phipps said, from the AV Club says, it's passable entertainment, but it'll likely leave you wanting more. Hmm. Oh, Andrew Galdi from Movie Bitches says, it's a silly campy ripoff of Indiana Jones. I love this movie. Interesting that it's a ripoff for Indiana Jones because then that implies that Indiana Jones is the only real action adventure movie allowed. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, di- I disagree with that. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Whereas I would call that a whole genre in itself. So I don't know. It's weird. But what can you do? The opening weekend was, was May. This is May 9th, but I feel like it was May 7th. I think that's a lie. I won't doubt you because you're right about these all the time. It's crazy how how good you are at, at guessing the, the release dates for things. Yeah. You're like, because I had a cherry cola and I had Twizzlers with that too. And the movie was $6, but uh, Bernice said it was only $5 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. What day of the week was May 7th, 1999? Let's see here. That was a Friday. Yeah, see, it was May 7th. <laughs> Look at you go. Trying to lie on this thing. Yeah. So came out May 7th, 1999. The budget was $80 million. It grows to 155 here in the United States. Opening weekend, it did $43.3 million. Not too shabby. And then worldwide, we're looking at $415 million. Wow. That's a a lot lot of cash. There you go. A lot of clams. Mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser nearly died during a scene where his character is hanged. Rachel Weiss remembered he, Brendan Fraser, stopped breathing and had to be re- resuscitated. To me, that seems odd that they wouldn't set up a harness to, to hang him in. They're like, no, we're going to keep it Sherlock real. Holmes hadn't come out yet, so <laughs> they didn't true. know the secret. Oh, God. Don't even get me started. Well, the dirt on his shoes clearly comes from <laughs> the West Cayman Isles. Duh, yeah. Everyone knows that. Hello. With the exception of a loincloth, a few pieces of jewelry and panties, 
Patricia Velasquez's costume consists entirely of body paint, which took four hours to apply. And that is very impressive. Oh, my gosh. Um, I believe she reprises her role in the second film, too. The Return of the Jade Empire of the Mummy. And she plays Marta in Arrested Development. Oh, that's right. She She's dates the Jason Marta. Bateman. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Not the first one, but the second one. <laughs> An Egyptologist was brought in to phonetically render what ancient Egyptian might have sounded like for the dialogue. Anaxinamon. And then all that other stuff. Cool. The library disaster was done in one take. It would have taken an entire day to reshoot if a mistake had been made. <laughs> well, yeah. That would uh, suck. That would suck big time. Clean it up. Do it again. If you're Kubrick, you'd do 100 of those takes. Yeah. We're the ones that got to clean it up. <laughs> Catch you on the flippity flip. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Michael. <laughs> it's snowing. Uh, the, the Magi were originally supposed to be tattooed from head to toe, but Stephen Summers uh, vetoed it because he thought Oded Fair was too good looking to be covered up. I are, believe you sure, it. are you sure Justin Caver didn't, didn't write that trivia? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a handsome man. You probably have the Criterion collection of Deuce Bigelow male gigolo. Yeah. Because he plays the gigolo. Fishy, in fishy. Yeah, fishy, fishy, fishy. <laughs> no, they don't like when he tap the tank like that. <laughs> the effects team was told no gore when designing the look of the mummy. They actually did test for grossness threshold. It's still pretty gross, but I, yeah, there's no blood. I dig it. Even when he gets stabbed at the end, he just like holds his stomach and he's like, oh, indigestion. And he falls into yeah. the water. And tums. You don't see no blood. Or when the guy loses his eyes and his tongue. But that was gross. Yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah. Also, how bad are his eyes that as soon as he loses his glasses? I hate that trope in movies when people are like, I can't see anything. I'm like, then why are you even out in the field doing these things? You need to be behind a desk <laughs> where it's safe, sir. Mm -hmm. You are a liability at this point. So. In Thebes, Egypt, 1290 BC. Oh, sorry. This is a synopsis. If you don't want to listen to the synopsis, fast forward maybe like three minutes. Uh, this movie is also available on HBO Max. That's what I watch it on, unless you own it. Justin, did you watch it on HBO Max? Uh, no, I watched it on the Voodoo's. I own it. There you go. I mean, we all can't be fancy, fancy pants out in California. So. Well, no, no, no. I was uh, on sale on like Black Friday once, and I got all three, even though I... <laughs> Hate the third one. Um, I got all three for ten dollars. So five dollars for the first two was a steal. So. We we all know you have a Jade Empire tattoo on your on your uh, chest there. Is that just gently? I think so. The Dragon Jade Empire. Or something I think like it's that. like the Curse of the Dragon Empire. King. <laughs> no, no, not, not going to work here anymore. <laughs> what is the third mummy movie called? Yeah, I thought it's Curse of the Jade Empire. Is that what it's called? No. It's Curse not. of the Dragon King, maybe? Curse of yeah, Curse of the Dragon Empire? Jade, Jade Dragon? <laughs> like, yeah. And the son that looks like he's almost the same age as Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Fraser. Uh, it is the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor. That's what I said. Booby Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. I knew it started with a dragon though. <laughs> oh, that movie was bad. Yeah. So it is available on HBO Max now. Uh, check it out. It's I just been told out there you I never want to watch it again. But <laughs> you can buy all three. They do go on sale. I probably have it in, on DVD somewhere. So anyways, <clears throat> here's a synopsis. In Thebes, Egypt, 1290 BC, High Priest Imhotep has an affair with Anak Sunaman. Imhotep. <laughs> I like when he goes, Imhotep. <laughs> and he just jumps and walks along. I'm like, holy shit, it worked. <laughs> 
the uh, the mattress of Pharaoh Seti. She's the mistress of Pharaoh Seti. Um, Imhotep and Anaxunamon kill the Pharaoh after he discovers their relationship. <gasps> Imhotep flees while Anaxunamon uh, kills herself, believing that Imhotep can resurrect her. Imhotep and his priests steal her corpse and travel to Hamanoptera, the city of the dead. The resurrection ritual is stopped by Pharaoh's bodyguards and the Magi. Imhotep is buried alive with flesh-eating scarab beetles and locked in a sarcophagus at the feet of a statue of the Egyptian god Anubis. The Magi are sworn to prevent Imhotep's return. It's not an old bus. It's a new bus. Are you finished? I think so. A new I can't, I can't tell you how many times I wanted to say Imhotep every time, no. every time you say it. Just censor yourself. I know. I had to mute my mic, but I couldn't hold I could not not say a new booze. Oh okay, boy. I'm done. <laughs> In 1926, Jonathan Carnahan presents his sister Evelyn, a librarian and aspiring Egyptologist, with an intricate box and map that leads Hamanoptera. Jonathan reveals he stole the box from an American adventurer, Rick O'Connell, who discovered the city while in the foreign French in the French Foreign Legion. Evelyn and Jonathan find Rick and make a deal with him to lead them to the city. Rick guides Evelyn and her party to the city, encountering a band of American treasure hunters led by Rick's cowardly acquaintance, Benny Gabor. Despite being warned to leave by Ardeth Bay, leader of the Magi, the two expeditions continue their excavations. Evelyn searches for the book of Amun-Ra, made of pure gold. Instead of finding the book, she stumbles upon Imhotep's remains. The team of Americans, meanwhile, discover the Black Book of the Dead, accompanied by canopic jars carrying Anaxunamon's preserved organs. <clears throat> At night, Evelyn reads from the Book of the Dead aloud, accidentally awaking Imhotep. The expeditions return to Cairo, and Imhotep follows them with the help of Benny, who has agreed to serve him. Imhotep regenerates his full strength by killing the members of the American expedition and brings the Ten Plagues back to Egypt. Rick, Evelyn, and Jonathan meet Ardeth at a museum. Ardeth hypothesizes that Imhotep wants to re re resurrect Anaxunamon by sacrificing Evelyn. Evelyn believes that if the Book of the Dead brought Imhotep back to life, the Book of Amun-Ra can kill him again and deduces the book's whereabouts in Hamanoptera. Imhotep corners the group with an army of slaves. And they go, Imhotep. Evelyn agrees to... <laughs> Evelyn agrees to accompany Imhotep. I think it's Evelyn. Evelyn? I always like thought in, it was Evelyn. Like in He-Man? There's Evelyn. I think it's Evelyn. <laughs> Evelyn. That's, that's the joke. Okay. Like <laughs> Evelyn. I thought your name was Evelyn. <laughs> Evelyn agrees to accompany Imhotep if he spares the rest of the group. Although Imhotep does not honor his word, Rick and the others uh, fight their way to safety. Imhotep, Evelyn, and Benny return to Hamanoptera, pursued by Rick, Jonathan, and Ardeth, who are able to locate the Book of Amun-Ra. Imhotep prepared to sacrifice Evelyn, but she is rescued after a battle with Imhotep's mummified priests. Evelyn reads from the Book of Amun-Ra, making Imhotep mortal, and he is fatally wounded by Rick. Benny accidentally sets off a booby trap while looting the city of its riches Boobie. and is killed by a swarm of flesh-eating scarabs as Hamanoptera collapses into the sand. Ardeth bids Rick, Evelyn, and Jonathan goodbye, and the trio rides away on a pair of camels laden with Benny's treasures. And that is the mummy. Nice. Good job. That was a good synopsis. A short Even and sweet. with all those distractions. I know. <laughs> you Pretty can good. say it again. You can say it again. I'll let you. <laughs> I won't. It's fine. So when did you first see the mummy and uh, what were your uh, first impressions? 
I think I saw it in probably 99 or 2000, maybe uh, not in theaters, but I think I saw it on VHS. So back in the day when movies would come out like five months after they'd be in theaters or however long. So it could have been the year 2000, but I really liked it. I remember liking it a lot. And I'm, I was a huge action adventure fan. I mean, I grew up watching all the Indiana Jones movies. We had the triple pack like on VHS. So that was always really fun. Like I watched those with my dad all the time and absolutely loved Indiana Jones. What's so your I, favorite Indiana Jones movie? I would say a temple of doom and it's, <sighs> it's not the best one, but it's my favorite one because I just like the, and he's like, Kalima, and takes his heart out and stuff. That was uh, it always scared me as a kid, but sure. I really like temple of doom. I would say now though, I know what your favorite is, but I would say now it's probably the first one. It's, it's hard to beat Raiders, but yours is the third one. Correct. Last mm-hmm. Crusade. Yeah. yeah. I would say three, one, two. Yeah. And, the, and then the other one, four so three three one two four i don't even like four i can't stand it he's in a refrigerator and shit it has your buddy in it though who shia yeah henry jones (laughs) (laughs) yeah you call him dr jones doll yeah there you go yeah i saw it opening night actually in fullerton at the amc 20 which i don't even think i had 20 theaters at the time but (laughs) It might have been AMC 10. <laughs> what uh, happened to the other 10? <laughs> yeah. They're in the basement of the Alamo. <laughs> I I remember I was celebrating. We were celebrating like a six month anniversary, me and my girlfriend at the time. And then we went to Disneyland the next day. Wow. On Saturday. Yeah. You're a good boyfriend. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the quite the celebratory date there. Yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. Not going to lie. And then, yeah, I enjoyed it. I was like, whoa, this movie's cool. Look at all this action and, and mummies and stuff. Did you go buy like a bandolier after that? Pretend like I you're Brendan Fraser. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it. That was cool. And like one thing that I appreciated was that he runs out of ammo, like the whole movie. And, yeah. And most action movies, I feel like they just have like these unlimited ammo clips and they just shoot forever. But he spends the bulk of this movie reloading his gun. <laughs> so I was on board for that. I just love the dual wielding that he does. And there's always something cool about carrying a torch and like a pistol in the other hand. You know, I, I always thought it would be so fun because, you know, I, I hike and I do I backpack and all this stuff. I use headlamps. It would be so cool to be able to use a torch to light my way, although I'd probably end up burning myself. So, yeah, <laughs> but, it, but there's always there's always a fun adventure with it. Yeah. And in the movies, they they like. You know, they go into a cave and then there's a torch that they light. And you're like, whoa, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Probably from the other explorer who was here. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it, it always works out. I always thought that was impressive. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm here for it. I too like torches. As opposed to like a lantern where I'm like, who goes there? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> <It's> serious. <laughs> it, Ichabod know. Crane style. <laughs> yeah. That old chestnut. Uh, but yeah. So. Do you believe in the power of ancient curses, prophecies, witchcraft, or sorcery? Mm, probably not. <laughs> Do you know anyone personally that has made a claim to have ever witnessed anything outside the realm of possibilities, including but not limited to the paranormal, evil spirits, incantations, enchantments, spells, charms, magic, <laughs> or otherwise? Yes, I do, actually. (laughs) If you, Zach, found yourself standing in front of a sealed tomb with a means to open said tomb, but noticed warning signs and red flags alerting you of dangers that lie beyond 
the sealed doors, which include, but are not limited to, ancient curses, prophecies, witchcraft, or sorcery. Would you debate, hesitate, oscillate, vacillate, <laughs> or simply just enter? Go get them. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I would listen to my intuition, and I would not be opening that. I think that's that's done me pretty well uh, in my in my history, but I don't know. I, I know people personally that have claim to see ghosts or been to like a fortune teller or some sort of medium. And they said that they've they've had a spirit around them or, you know, they they believe in voodoo witchcraft, voodoo mama juju and all that kind of stuff. It would be ignorant for me to say that it's not real. But me personally, I don't believe in it. Um, But, you know, but you for, believe enough to not go into the tomb. Well, exactly, because. So, for example, like like the tomb question. So I was backpacking once and uh, my friend and I went up to this really cool area and they had like a crashed B-52 bomber or something like that. So the plane was like everywhere. It was all spread out and it was really neat. But anyways, they had these caves that you could go explore. And I'm not scared of a lot of stuff. Like I'll go sit on the edge of a cliff, like, you know, 30,000 feet, up, not that high, but really high up to, you know, 10,000 feet up or something like that with um, and I won't even bat an eye. But for some reason, I did not want to go into this cave. And part of it, my friend Bree like just kept walking and walking and walking until I could not see her headlamp anymore. And I waited by the front. I went in a little bit, but I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to wait up here. I've seen too many movies like The Descent to know that something crazy can happen. And the fact that I couldn't see anything or hear anything, that was terrifying to me. Um, so I, I wasn't scared of the thing caving in. I was just scared of what might've been in there and I, I, I wouldn't have known. So for me, yeah, like that's a no brainer. If I'm going into a tomb where at the drop of a hat, the entire pyramid or whatever could just capsize and I, or it could, um, collapse and I would die. I'm not going to do it, especially if there's big red flags around a sarcophagus saying like, Hey, you open this and we're going to do locusts on you and we're going to send scarabs up your butt. And I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm good. That's a, that's a no for me, dog. So I, I don't know. There is a cool sense of adventure. Sure. It'd be fun to find, you know, like a King Tut esque discovery. But, uh, if I was an Egyptologist and I I could read all that stuff and it's like, you better not do this. I'm not going to do it. I'm not that dumb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I choose to be open-minded about all this weird stuff. Uh, I'm not like a firm believer, but if I'm ever in a situation where something like that came up, like a tomb, that that is just screaming death inside. I'd be like, eh, I'm good. You're not going to read it. I'll leave this one for the next guy. Yeah. yeah. Just leave a note. It says, hey, you might want to might want to be careful of this one. It's a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Mama said, leave the gate the way you found it. So I'm just going to keep on hawking. There you go. Yeah. So what is the extent of your knowledge on ancient Egypt? Would you call yourself a subject matter expert? Have you read any books on ancient Egypt? Watch any documentaries? Have you ever wanted to be an Egyptologist? You're a world traveler. Have you even been to Egypt? No, I really want to go, though. I would love to. I think it'd be incredible. Um, they got pyramids, you know. I know. You can anyway, be looking outside your office window and you see pyramids. How <laughs> weird is that? Driving on the freeway and then all of a sudden there's a there's like three gut dang pyramids looking right at you. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be really, really cool. Um, anywhere in Africa would be awesome. Like, I want to go to Morocco. I think they filmed this movie in Morocco, but Egypt would be would be ph- phenomenal. I've I don't really know much about Egyptian um, history or religion. I know like Osiris and and whatnot, uh, but I don't. I wouldn't say that I am anywhere near an expert. Uh, th- it's it's actually pretty funny though because like with Moon Knight being out right now, I've been 
paying attention to that and then kind of going on some deep dives here and there on Egyptian culture. But there's no, I, when, when they were discussing all this, I was kind of like, Oh, I wonder how much of this is actually true. Like all if, of it. Even Imhotep is actually like a real, he was a real priest and all that kind of stuff. But I could be wrong. I think so. He was. was he really? No, no, no. I think yeah. he's just the same dude from the, the 99, or I'm sorry, the, the 1932 movie. <laughs> there you go. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't, um, I, I don't have any real knowledge of it other than, you know, just Transformers 2 and then other video games. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> don't talk to me about classified <laughs> one man <laughs> betrayed by the country that he loves. Yeah, I've watched a couple documentaries just like on the pyramids and, and just what a marvel they are and, and how on earth were they ever built and and how it just is a bit of a mystery. And then the idea of. You know, perhaps they generate electricity. I think it's kind of cool. That's so um, interesting. <laughs> and how they could have used water to do so because uh, the water doesn't isn't there anymore, but it was once lush. I think that's pretty crazy to think about. And so um, I'm I'm baffled. It really is. Aliens, yeah. dude. Aliens. Yeah. And there's and there's like all this like talk of like like ley lines and and how they're lined up with the stars and I mean, anything's possible. I think, I think sure. it's really cool. I'm, I'm totally open and receptive to any and all feedback when it comes to these things, because I have no idea what's true or not. So I'm like, Oh, okay. That sounds about right. Whatever you say, man. Um, so I pick up whatever anybody's putting down when it comes to stuff. I don't know about, I'm like, all right, makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So it's always fun. Yeah. And, and there's really, you're absolutely right. There's no way we can know what they were truly about. We can only theorize. So, it's not far fetched to say aliens made it, and I mean we we don't know what it's for. I think it's it's always it, that's always the mystery, but that's what uh, draws people to it, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're just beautiful to look at. Sure, I like it. Me too. So does let me ask you this: Does the Mummy work best as an action adventure movie, or would you prefer more of a horror approach where it's actually gory and scary? Because they went the opposite in this movie. Yeah, no, I definitely want action adventure. And that's I think that's why this movie works so well. It's because it's just it's very self-aware and it, it knows that it's making fun of some of the tropes of action films. And I think like some of the funniest parts for me were Brendan Fraser was phenomenal in this movie. I think it, it was I can't see any other actor playing um, Rick, you know, the every time he screamed like at Emotep and then the other mummies like it worked with Emotep kind of because then he shoots him with a shotgun and then the other mummies he's like oh <laughs> like it didn't work and right. runs away I love that kind of stuff and then hey Benny I forgot I, you know you you forgot that you're on the other side of the river that kind of stuff yeah, is, he's is like I got excellent. all the horses yeah there you go yeah. um it, it works and you know we did Pirates of the Caribbean for this podcast and I wasn't really too keen on that movie which is weird because this movie you like Amber Heard and you hate Johnny Depp oh god and pooping on beds and whatnot this movie is a lot similar to to Pirates of the Caribbean in the sense of it's fun swashbuckling the score is really upbeat and adventurous you know you feel like you're getting ready to go explore um, I love love loved the the fight with the mummies when Brendan Fraser like cuts the the rope and he he uh, gets taken up to the top and he has this giant sword. It, it very much reminded me of Pirates of the Caribbean, but I just loved this one a lot more than POC. Um, 
This so, came out first too, by the way. Exactly. And so I can't I can't see this movie going in any other direction than being an action adventure because that's what it should be, very much in the vein of Indiana Jones. And it's not a comparison to Indiana Jones. I think it's in the same conversation as like, well, what's the next mummy? Not what's the next Indiana Jones. Like, you know, those things are like, this is the next Star Wars, or mm-hmm. I think you and I had this discussion. This is the next game that. Game of Thrones. It's like, nope, this is the next action adventure movie. <laughs> so um I think that's the whole point of the action adventure movies. You can't take it too serious. You need to try to um, treat it with some sort of fun. Uh, I guess Clive Barker was supposed to originally do this one. According to Minty, he said that Clive Barker was supposed to do this one and he created this very dark and scary mummy. Um, I think that would have been interesting to see, but I am so glad we got this one just because it's it's in in my film history as like one of my beloved films that I could just put on in the background and be like, oh, hell yeah, I will watch Mm -hmm. this movie at all times. Um, But yeah, it's I'm glad they went with action adventure for this. Did you see the the reboot that was going to be in like the the whole Hollywood Mm. monsters universe and everything? Did you see the Tom Cruise one? I watched uh, the first 15 minutes and I was like, that's about it for me. So I was like, you quit the movie. Yeah, I was not into it, but also I was distracted. It was when I was in Costa or I was in Nicaragua. The hostel I was staying at was playing it illegally. It was funny. It was it wasn't even out in theaters yet. And they were like, hey, we're going to play it. And so I was watching it and I'm like, ah, this is not very good. And so I just kind of went on living my life. But sure. So what about the mummy? It's himself. Like, do you prefer the undead look that he had uh, when he was first you know, brought, resurrected? Or do you like his normal human form with with Arnold Vosloo? chicken vindaloo uh, i really enjoyed the progression his dead look was excellent especially when you know she's reading from the book of dead and he comes to life and it's kind of that jump scare moment and then he finally gets the eyes and the tongue and you're like holy shit it's behind uh, yeah right it's it was it was cool and to see him progress as he kills each american i'm assuming sucking their soul or something like that and then that disgusting scarab that runs through his chest up through his mouth and he just starts eating it that part was gross but I loved it. So they did a really good job. I didn't need to see him all bloodied up and whatever. I think he was just as terrifying. I love when they pull him out and they're like, why is he so juicy? (laughs) It's like (laughs) the best description for something so disgusting, but yeah, Um, no, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. So Brendan Fraser made quite a name for himself and the mummy certainly gave the impression that he was a bankable action star, especially with the three mummy films making over $400 million each or a combined total of $1.25 billion. Journey to the center of the earth pulled in an impressive $244 million. Can you think of any actors that Hollywood really wanted us to embrace as an action star, but never really got over with the audience? Yeah. Um, I had a hard time thinking of these because there are quite a few, but just for the sake, because it's topical, Charlie Hunnam from, you know, Pacific Rim. He's been in a few movies. I think I think they did another Guy Ritchie movie where he played like King Arthur. And... Oh, yeah. I like that movie, though. Did you? I didn't yeah. see it, to be fair, but kind I just... reminded me of Dark Souls. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Did he do I don't the, know why? It, did it, he do the sun spray thing or whatever? <laughs> no. No. That'd be no. kind of fun. <laughs> but the, the villain has this sort of sorcery boss level about him oh. <laughs> that just kind of reminded me of dark souls but you yeah you i mean it's died. not it's not, a, it's not like a super mega amazing movie or anything like that but i went in with zero <laughs> expectations and i ended up enjoying it so oh. well but him himself i don't really i wasn't really sold on him as an action star he was also in that other movie that ben affleck directed that went straight to netflix and i don't know it was okay oh yeah what was that called up? i don't know it's called like 
Zero like, Dark Six. Like triple, <laughs> triple. Tri- yeah, Triple Frontier. There you threat. go. Threat. <laughs> <No>, triple <laughs> level triple Frontier. Midnight. <laughs> had yeah. uh, had Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal and uh, what's that dude's name? Ben Stiller. No, not Ben Stiller. Uh, I just said it. Ben Affleck and Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. And Garrett Hedlund. Yeah, I was gonna say that country singer guy from that movie with the girl from Gossip Girl. <laughs> no idea. Is country but, Strong, it's called. There you go. I, I don't know anything about country music minus the movie Country Strong because I had to watch it. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, he tried to be. You know, he was whatever. Uh, Taylor Lautner from the Twilight movies. They he did a couple spinoff movies afterwards, or not spinoff movies, but. He did his own solo thing, you know, where they really tried to make him an action star. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, pass. This looks terrible. Um, Chris Klein. I don't know if you remember Chris Klein, but he did Rollerball. And that movie oh, was yeah. terrible. Um, he just didn't really do it for me. He's more of a, a comedic actor. I think your buddy is. Your, is LL Cool J in that movie? Yeah, he dies in that movie. It's what? Like one of the, one of the only ones I've, I've seen him die in, which is crazy. But it's kind of a I think it's a remake of it is like a 70s movie with. James Conn with something. James Conn. Yeah, he's like always punching people left and right. Um, George Clooney is another one, too, where he was in a few movies like The Peacemaker and whatnot, where it tried to be more actiony. And I wasn't really feeling it. He's a really good actor, but he's more of a dramatic and comedic actor. Um, he's not much of an action star, in my opinion. Mm. Same, same thing with Josh Hartnett, even though we both love Black Hawk Down. I'm not 100 percent sold on him. And especially what was the other one? Lucky number seven. I guess that's kind of an action movie. He just doesn't really do it for me as an action. You like Sin City? That's like your favorite movie. He's in it for like two seconds. Got a bum ticker. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, whatever. But um, and then Shia LaBeouf, we talked about him, too. I was not really sold even in the Transformers movies. I wouldn't necessarily consider him an action star. He more just kind of was in the movies. He was funny. He's great. But I like his uh, dramatic performances better than than those performances like you could have put someone else in. he just was he was funny as same with wiki he didn't really mm-hmm. do anything actiony other than scream and run around with the all spark left and right so but that's mm-hmm. who i thought of do you know anybody else uh the first name that comes to my mind well i have a couple but ronda rousey oh gosh she's I, always I, like squinting I, and I angry i can't with her <laughs> it just it bugs oh she drives me crazy like I don't, I, she's in all these things that I like and I don't like her and it bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and then I thought of like Taylor Kitsch, like he was one of the ones that came up like a, there was a John Carter movie. Yeah. Might've been in that movie battleship, which isn't a good movie anyway, but I think he's in it, you know? Um, I just felt like he was in a lot of things. I was like, what? I know I only named two movies, but I felt like I for a second, I felt like I thought I saw him in a lot of stuff, but he, he was Gambit in X-Men Wolverine or X-Men Origins. Oh, that's Wolverine. right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. In the Origins movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty, pretty bad movie, but he was in that Waco uh, TV miniseries, which I actually heard he did pretty well. Wacko. And, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, love the office. But uh, yeah. And then he was in a couple other movies too. true detective. He was in, I think like season two, which I didn't really like him in that Lone Survivor. He was in that movie with Mark Wahlberg. That's right. But that's right. And Savages. But again, you're right. He's not good as like an action star. He's one that you're kind of like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. Friday Night Lights guy. So Yeah, exactly. And so I, I don't. 
I don't know why. I just felt like every time I turned on my TV, it's like another Ethan Hawke movie. It was just another <laughs> another Taylor Kitsch. So it just got me got me thinking. But so in 1999, The Mummy was a smashing success with visual effects that gave our brains the old razzle dazzle. What did the effects? I guess rather, how did the effects hold up for you some 23 years later? Well, they weren't very good um, for the most part. The Mummy looked great. I was, uh, there were some solid points. And so Emotep looked really good in my opinion. E still, oh, there you go. <laughs> but even, been a even, hot minute. even right when you start the movie and they're, they're panning over, uh, um, yeah, even called? the earth, like the universal logo yeah. looks like a stress ball. That's just about to like a 3d rendering stress ball. <laughs> it looks well, terrible. <laughs> even like Hominoptera is, it just looks, it looks bad. And then uh -huh. it, I kind of, I kind of lost it when, um, when he's trying to resurrect Anaximon and in the very beginning and that like soul comes out of the, the, the pool, it looks terrible. Um, fire the pool. It's terrible. But I was, I, I, I def Devon of pools. <laughs> I definitely think they did a really good job of not relying much on CGI, you know, like the mummies and stuff were, but sometimes they didn't look that bad. It's just that they use a lot more practical effects, which I, I really dug. And then um, actual set pieces and stuff. And too often these adventure movies like Jungle Cruise, that's a more recent one, right? They rely heavily on, on green screen and CGI. And it just really takes me out of it. I want more of the real boulder going down and Harrison Ford running away or whatever, right? Hmm. Or, or Laura Croft jumping across a cliff by herself. No CGI all Alicia Vikander style. So, um, but yeah, it, it, I, I think it's aged it, it. They did a good job though, of only using it when, when necessary, not, uh, not using it as a crutch, using right. it as a tool. Yeah. That whole era of, uh, mid to late nineties to the early two thousands, it, it can look very video gamey and even something as big budgeted as like matrix reloaded. You know, when he's fighting all those Smiths, oh, yeah. it looks terrible. It's terrible. Well, so and I mean, the, the Scorpion King is awful. Um, oh, so right, the right. movie itself isn't like, I kind of like it, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. But when you actually see the Scorpion King, when he's like an actual scorpion towards the end of the movie, it is terrible. The CGI is freaking awful. So, um, yeah, that's a, I guess you're, you're, the bar is already set so low that you can only progress. Right. Oh, that's fair. I actually, it's interesting that you mentioned, it. I forgot that Scorpion King was a thing and it ended up having like 18 sequels. Oh my and, God. They're all like straight to video too. Yeah. Yeah. But the first one I think did pretty well. It was okay. Um, it had that I mean, Godsmack song in it. I mean, it made money in the theaters. That's what I mean by it did oh, pretty well. Yeah. Definitely. I think The Rock was a big box office draw for that one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is during the time he did what this was his second or third movie because Scorpion King or the, the Mummy 2 was like the first one he was in. And then I think he did the rundown in between there, which I Scorpion love. King. I love the, the rundown, rundown too. A little bit of thunder, but a little lightning. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh, my God. I love it so much. They relieved her of her artifact. There you go. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so there's a line in the film where Rick is trying to sell Winston, the pilot, on a bold adventure. He says, rescue the damsel in distress, kill the bad guy, and save the world. While this is entirely accurate, does this oversimplification of the <laughs> plot hurt the movie? Could it, could it, or rather, should it have offered more to the audience? No way, man. I think it was exactly what uh, I think the movie was exactly what it needed to be. That line right there is him basically 
being super self-aware, being almost meta. And he's like, yeah, like, this is what I'm going to do, man. I'm going to rescue, <laughs> rescue the damsel in distress, kill the bad guy, save the world. And sure enough, it happens. But but they're not they don't treat it overly serious where there's no real adventure music happening. It's funny when he's fighting, you know, the mummies, he slices one and there's one sneaking up behind him with a sword. And he, he just, Rick just happens to stick the sword back and it takes his head off. Like all these happenstance things, you know, while they're getting attacked, Jonathan's like, Oh, that's what it means. Okay. He's like trying to (laughs) decipher the book. It just, it works so well and they don't take it um, too serious, which I absolutely loved. Jonathan is one of those characters where a lot of the times you can have a sidekick like in Fantastic Beasts, you can have a sidekick that kind of borders on annoying and you're like, okay, I get it. You're comic relief, but your jokes aren't really landing. Jonathan was great. I thought he was he was very smart, but he was also an idiot at times. And I, I thought he just I still think the funniest part is when, yeah, he's running away and he sees the entire crowd and he just decides to start saying Emotep. <laughs> And it works. Yeah. I was I was cracking up last night. I thought it was so funny. But yeah, I, I I think it works perfect for this film. And another example, like when Benny says, he's like, oh, yeah, it's you know, it's a neat trick when it comes down like that. Like <laughs> when they show the path to Hominoptera, he's also kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, this is like adventure shit. So <laughs> yeah. it's it's funny. And the Americans like the Americans are overzealous and just, yeah. you know, like, guns, yeah. guns, guns, yeah, guns, guns, yeah. guns. And, and it's just it, it's so stupid, you know, because if, if this were taken in any other direction, even in the slightest, it would not have worked, in my opinion. And that's why I really love this movie. I think it's it's so much fun and it's, it's crazy to me. It, it it's mind bottling why people <laughs> why people uh, only rated this a 75 why the audience score is a 75 this thing should be in the 90s baby this is a this is a good one but yeah did you like the sequel the first sequel the scorpion king scorpion one? king yeah yeah isn't it just called like mummy returns there you go yeah, yeah. that's what i was saying yeah I, I like it i i hadn't seen it in quite some time though so i don't know how well it hold up but when i saw it i really enjoyed it um, I thought it was fun. I was a big WWE fan, so I liked The Rock a lot. But I, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, Rachel Weisz, I loved her fight when she f- she was like Nefertiti and she mm-hmm. fought Anaximon, um, like with the knives and whatnot. That was really cool. But uh, yeah, I think they I, had it, size. Were they size? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't <laughs> oh. I don't watch that one that much because they have a kid in that one. Yeah, and the kid's kidnapped and he's leaving like these breadcrumbs all over the place. Yeah, they track him, <laughs> and he's got like this little. Digimon wristwatch thing or Yu-Gi-Oh wristwatch type thing. And oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, I I mean, I don't think and it's funny because we talked about it like on Pacific Rim, how the action movie that 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 film was a ton of fun, but it does follow the same beats as every other action film. That one, I think, took it a little more serious, but and it was a different genre. That was just a straight up action film. This is an action adventure film, and I think adventure is the key. There's always something fun about like a Star Wars, right, where Luke swings across a bridge to get to the other side or some of that shit happens or any of the um, yeah, like I was saying, any of the Indiana Jones films where you think something serious is going to happen and Indy escapes through like he slides through as the the ceilings crashing down. He's like, oh, shit, I forgot my hat and grabs his hat. Right. Right. It's just it's fun stuff like that. Right. Where any other movie you'd be like, screw the hat. That's what this movie does really well. And I and that's why I enjoy the hell out of it. That's fair. I mean, I do too. I mean, like Jungle Cruise and Indiana Jones are like my two favorite things at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And just because that's kind of like as a boy, that's what I always want to do. Is just get 
caught up in some adventure. <laughs> so these movies do really well for me, <laughs> Dude, regardless yeah. of how silly they are. Even the Jungle Cruise movie, I I enjoyed because it just kind of teleported me back to when I was a kid and, and really liked that stuff. I mean, I know that like eight year old Justin would would have posters on the wall of the new Jungle Cruise movie because I that's like just my jam. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, this is so awesome. But, you know, and and that brings me to my next point that, you know, I have to admit, I find these types of action adventures to be romantic. There's something about this era of the early 20th century where we're eager little beavers to, to find scientific answers to ancient mysteries. You know, like, what are your thoughts on how the pyramids were made, which we kind of talked about a little bit. Um, but, you know, are these elaborate booby traps to keep treasure safe? You know, there's so many questions, but zero answers. You know, there's a lot of architectural marvels that are put into these booby traps and none of them make any <laughs> sense to me. But what about you? Do you have a, a thirst for knowledge in these things that just can't be explained? Yeah. I mean, we talked about that. You're absolutely right. I it's these, these films are romantic because it kind of brings you to that, that discovering the unknown. I didn't see the uncharted movie. I really liked the uncharted video games, but I, it just didn't really appeal to me because it looked too, it looked too CGI. It might be a good movie, so I don't want to judge it poorly. But there are it's the reason why I played like Tomb Raider and stuff, just because it's super fun. Right. And it's its fun to discover those 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 things. I love dungeon crawler games because you have to use your your intellect. Um, and so I don't know the the wonders of the world. I don't know about these pyramids and how they were made. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of booby traps that keep treasure safe because it'd be ignorant for me to say there's not. So. I definitely have a thirst for knowledge in that kind of stuff. And one thing that I thought that was really cool about the mummy was the, was the score. So Jerry Goldsmith did it and it was very much a, you know, upbeat, excited. We're going on an adventure. We're going on an adventure, that kind of thing. And it really worked to the whole feel. You felt like there was an Egyptian kind of vibe with it too. Um, But yeah, absolutely loved it. It wasn't, I don't really like, dark films um not dark as in the subject matter but darkly lit and darkly shot films and this one is pretty bright for the most part uh even when they're in in the caves and stuff you know there's the whole mirror trick and the and the torches and whatnot but um i did a great job or i mean sorry they did a great job i was gonna say no i was gonna say all these pyramids myself no i was i was thinking ahead of myself but uh like the mirror thing right that'd be awesome if that was actually true in these pyramids i'm sure they had something like that right that you could utilize light when you're underground i mean other than just torches i mean who knows right yeah i um I forgot what I was going to say. Were you going to say emo? No, 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 no. Dang it. Boo hiss. I had something profound, I'm sure to say. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think the mirrors, I think, uh, you know, that is something that does exist. Um, I watched a couple of at least they used to be on H, not HBO, but on Netflix. It was like ancient aliens and pyramids or something i forget what the documentary is called but aliens dude the 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 mirror concept exists on that on that documentary oh yeah yeah well heck i wonder what i was gonna say oh well it'll come to you one day doesn't matter oh i think it was something about the uh the dark films but i don't remember anymore oh it doesn't matter well like for me it's weird um 
so like I just finished up Ozark and we were talking about that before this and that show, I know it's supposed to be a dark show, but it doesn't need to be film dark the entire time. And my TV <laughs> is great, but man, if you cannot watch certain shows, if there's any bit of daylight out because it is just completely washed out. And most of the Disney shows are like that right now. All the Disney Marvel shows, there's always they're always filmed so goddamn dark. And it, it drives me bananas because I'm like, cool, I can't watch this. I better just put the office on. Like, I have to wait until nighttime to watch it. It's it's ridiculous, I tell you. Yeah, I, I know. It's frustrating. So I watched every episode of Ozark, the, the new season, uh, in the daylight. I started at like 8 in the morning and then finished at like 4 in the afternoon or whatever it ended up being. But I was just not able to see a goddamn thing. I basically just listened to the show like it was a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes were closed. So. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is a waste, but. Yeah, I, I agree. It drives me crazy. It's like, honestly, just put some fucking lights on this stuff. What's the problem? Yeah, I just I don't get it. It it, it drives me bananas. And this this movie is, is very brightly, brightly lit. And so I was very, very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I know what it was. It was on the music. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what the score sounds like in this movie. And I've seen it 20 goddamn times. I honestly have no memory of the music in this movie. Weird. Yeah. That's what it was. I I am drawing a complete blank. I have no clue how it goes. And if you were to sing it for me right now, I would never have been able to tell you that. Yeah, it's from the mummy. It goes. Dun, 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 dun. That's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it goes. I'm in the gates. <laughs> uh, but no, Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, he was a composer. He died. But uh, he did a lot of uh, he did a lot of movies that you've probably seen before and uh, ones from back in the day. He did The Burbs, Leviathan, oh, yeah, Star Trek Five, those. The Final Frontier, Gremlins Two, The New Batch, Total Recall. He did Hoosiers, Poltergeist Two, Legend, Rambo, and Rambo First Blood and Rambo Two. Oh. It's funny you mention that because on Netflix's top 10, two Rambo movies have broke the top 10. It was shit. True story. It has (laughs) it has Rambo, which was like part four. Mm -hmm. And then it has Rambo Last Blood. Oh, God. I heard that one was terrible. It's pretty bad. Netflix is so dumb. (laughs) The end of it, the last the last 20 minutes of Last Blood. We'll uh, get your motor run. No. <laughs> never, I have never seen people die in such horrible ways before. <laughs> it was pretty intense. And then, and then Rambo. The I don't, I don't even remember what year it came out. It was like two thousand eight or nine or something. Look, um, that movie. They it was two thousand eight. Okay, so they go in Burma. And so when uh, we were flashing through Netflix, and and Alex is like Rambo, and I'm like. Burma's a war zone. <laughs> he, he says that in the movie. She's like, what? I'm like, eh, it's from the movie. Don't worry about it. I'll save you two hours and just tell you about <laughs> oh, it instead. Oh, man. Yeah. No, but he uh, he gets on the back of this Jeep, and it's it's got like a 50 caliber machine gun. Of course it does. And, and he is just cutting people down from like eight feet away with, with his gun, and they're just exploding into, into mush. And it is horrifying. <laughs> you just hear all like these splashy blood sounds as she's just mowing through people with this 50 caliber gun. It is insane. Of course it is. Gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I, I think that if you if you listen to the soundtrack, like you pulled it up on your phone, you'd be like, oh, OK, it's it's definitely I think it would have the Cavender stamp of approval. You would be like, oh, yes, this is an adventure thing. Mm, I have no memory. 
No, I know, but I, I think I think you would if you listened to it. Executive Decision, your favorite movie. He did the score for that. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that movie. L.A. Confidential, Hollow Man. Man. He did Hollow Man. He did The Edge, Deep Rising, your other favorite movie. U.S. Oh, Marshals. Yeah. He didn't move oh. on. The best Disney movie. I like U.S. Marshals. I know you do. And the Thirteenth Warrior. <gasps> I listen. I know. <laughs> the sum of all fears. Congo. Good, oh. good, Amy. Amy. <laughs> and that, that has your lady in it that I can't stand. Laura Linney. Yeah. She's great. I, I mean, mm-hmm. as Wendy, she's... Yeah. I can't, I'm not a fan. Just because she's of a character? Ronda Rousey Part 2. Oh, come on now. <laughs> All right, skipping, skipping, skipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, just, I don't know. Just not, doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. So let's discuss the Magi, the secret society of ancient warriors that is tasked with protecting the tomb of Imhotep. This isn't the first time we've experienced something like this in film. Uh, We were talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade that had the Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword, a secret society whose mission is to protect the Grail at all costs, even at the cost of their lives. Do you believe these secret societies exist in our world you know, to, to protect us from all the horrible evils that are locked away? Or is, uh, in the case of the Brotherhood, uh, is it to keep such dangerous, powerful artifacts from getting in the wrong hands? You remember, Hitler was all into the occult and all these crazy, you know, powerful, legendary weapons and stuff. You know, he wanted to get his hands on those things. I'm just curious what yeah. your thoughts are on secret societies keeping these things a mystery and, and safe. Now, you got to be careful because there are idiot you know terrorist groups like the proud boys and the oath keepers who think that they're out there to protect us and those guys can go you know sit on a stick and and twirl sort of thing but um i think that there are there there are probably some societies out there that that have to do it i mean secret society i know and we wouldn't know about it you know fictional societies (laughs) we wouldn't know about it because they're secrets and um just like the pyramids where we don't know everything about them or or what they were actually for i'm sure there's something in there and they're they are are made the way that they are because of society that's been passed down and we all would love to romanticize and fantasize about that because that'd be so cool to have everybody has matching tattoos you know the dark mark appears in the sky when the when the dark lord comes back sort of thing so yeah um but i think i think there definitely could be it's the Illuminati would probably be like one of the closest ones I could think of. And I just, I just remember all the Assassin's Creed games where I'm like, ah, the brotherhood or whatever they are. I think that's a little more realistic, especially in American history where things just kind of pass throughout the years. Um, I think that'd be neat. I really loved how they, they did it in national treasure. And that was another good one. That was, you know, really good. That didn't rely too much on CGI. It was just investigating and, and right. That's, that's a modern day, uh, action adventure movie. Right? Absolutely. So it's like an Indiana Jones fast forward to today mm-hmm. kind of vibe. It's uh, definitely Memphis Reigns, Memphis Poe. <laughs> Memphis Poe Reigns, good speed. <laughs> good speed, yeah. yeah. Stanley Poe. <laughs> <laughs> From Memphis. <laughs> Memphis. And it rains there. <laughs> He's going on a cruise. <laughs> The actor is taking a cruise. Kitty Holmes. <laughs> oh, but he's married to him. That's great. <laughs> oh, I love it. But I, yeah, I would be, again, I, I use this term a lot. I'd be ignorant to think that it, it would not, there wouldn't be these secret societies. You and I could start a secret society if you want. Sure. Their own little language. I love yeah. language. <laughs> and uh, it'll be fun. Yeah, Illuminati is a fun one too. Uh, what are those 
Robert Langdon ones. Oh, the Da Vinci Code and yeah, Angels yeah, and yeah, Demons. Yeah. I love those. I think they're so fun because, you know, yeah, they go international and you kind of think about like the, the different puzzles that that he solves because he's not Robert Langdon's not an action star. He's a scholar and he's like, hey, I'm going to do this. And then he gets thrown into action. You're like, oh, I dig it. Yeah, he does I the books. Yeah. What was the third one called? I like that one. Uh, a lot. Dante's. Uh, I was going to say Dante's Inferno, but that's not it. I think it's called like. Dante's Peak, that's a volcano movie. I know, movie. it's your favorite volcano movie. <laughs> your second favorite's Volcano, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. I think yeah. it's called in, just Inferno. Or oh, it like might that. be. Yeah. yeah. I saw that one in the in the Opital and uh, yeah, it's I called was Inferno. The Fever Dreams, but I, I enjoyed that one. <laughs> Fever and I liked Dreams. It. I liked it because it, it kind of, it, it had something going for it at the beginning where, <clears throat> excuse me, the world was, sort of come into a, a climax because uh, you know like water right no not everyone had like drinkable water and then you know when you're starving you're gonna get desperate and you're gonna do crazy shit and the, and just countries were unraveling and mm-hmm. i'm just like man we're not i don't think we're that far away from something like this happening and so i remember being freaked out by that i'm freaked out exactly <laughs> Just about to drink one of my cokes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so definitely, I'm on board with the secret societies and just sort of the world getting saved every day without us even knowing it. Yeah, totally. You know, I could see that happening, and I like to think that maybe it does in some weird way. Yeah, like uh, like in Kingsman, how they're showing all the different headlines for the newspaper on the day after the world was saved, and it mm-hmm. just sort of has a wacky explanation of why things are the way that they are. Yeah. I enjoyed that. The Kingsman would be a really fun one if that was accurate. Right. I think that that uh, that cracks me up. And especially since, you know, you read some of the most bizarre headlines. Most of them are out of Florida. And I think that that's always interesting. Like Florida man gets finds a stick of dynamite in the bottom of an alligator. <laughs> like, what? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Won a lottery ticket. Yeah. It's like Florida man searches for a lottery ticket in, in crocodile's mouth and finds you know, dynamite instead or something. There's always really weird headlines. <laughs> there's always, yeah, you can just Google Florida man. I think there's a website somewhere where you can just, you know, Google it on, cool. on your birthday <laughs> and see what's, see what's out there. But some website where you can Google. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's talk about Benny. This is a guy that's just the worst. You know, he betrayed Rick at every turn from the beginning of the movie, almost all the way to the very last second of his life. But uh, Rick still tried to save him in the end, which I thought was very heroic of him. You know, like he was even calling for him to hurry up. Come on. You know, uh, would you have liked to see Benny make it or did he get what was coming to him? Did he have too much dip on his chip? I put my hand up on your hip and I dip my potato chip. That's what my mom (laughs) used to say because she didn't know the words. (laughs) Um, I think he deserved to live. I don't think he deserved to die. That's why would he deserve to die? He didn't kill anybody. I think Benny was playing the cards that were he was dealt. He he was yeah, he was a rat. He was a weasel, but he didn't like hurt or kill anybody per se. No, he's just trying to survive. Exactly. Like that's why, you know, he was smart. He knew all the languages. So he's speaking Mandarin, he's speaking, you know, Arabic and whatever else. Hebrew. And, yeah, Hebrew. And then it, it works. Um speaks a- ancient Egyptian, probably. But he doesn't. That's why he was Oh he, but uh the mummy Emotep was like, oh, the language of the slaves because of oh, yeah, the Hebrew slaves. Is that what he was? Okay, I missed that yeah. part. So um, yeah, I think I think he was holding the Star of David and then ah yes, uh, started speaking uh, Hebrew. 
There you go. So look, it, it benefited him. He he lived. I mean, he he even was having a hard time watching Imhotep uh, suck the soul out of that body, right? Like he kind of turned away. He wasn't enjoying it. So I didn't want him to die, but I also was kind of like, eh, you know, he was greedy. All this stuff was happening. He's like, I'm just going to get my gold and get out of here. And then he set a booby trap and all the scarabs ate him. That was pretty horrible, too. I didn't like the sounds of it. Yeah, scarabs are the worst. And the captions are like body crunching was like the sound. I'm like, <laughs> that's that's fun. As I put down my taco that I was eating. So, yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, when I was watching Ozark, the subtitle kept saying clicks tongue. And I'm like, they do a lot of tongue clicking in this show. <laughs> I, just kept, like, I just kept reading that. I'm like, OK, I get it. They're clickers. Enough. I like when it just says loud noise sometimes for yeah. certain shows or movies. It's like loud noise. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. It could be anything. I like ominous music and yeah, that one's good. Upbeat music, <laughs> yeah, chittering music. <laughs> I like chit chittering from the bugs. Yeah. But I, I liked Benny. Um, he was good. He was good as like uh, an antithesis to to uh, Rick. But uh, he wasn't he wasn't a, a crazy strong you know adversary or anything like that. It just he was he was a pain in the ass sort of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he necessarily deserved to die, though. It would have been kind of fun if he weaseled out and then he you saw him just walking in the desert or whatever. Yeah. Like eventually died. He died of old age. He had a family and then he died of old age. Yeah. There's a guy named Patches in the Dark Souls games and he's even in Elden Ring. He's such an asshole. He's just trying to kill you <laughs> the whole time. And anytime you look over a ledge, he'll kick you off and then he'll try and sell you stuff later kind of thing. He's just this, just this guy. It's relentless like cockroach. And he totally reminded me of uh, when I first started playing the games, I was like, oh, man, this is like a Benny from The Mummy. Does he like let me solo her? No, <laughs> that guy's a badass. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. All right, then. So what are your final thoughts on The Mummy and what letter grade would you give it? I absolutely love The Mummy, and I am glad we did this for this uh, episode. I for think this more- Mother's Day episode. <laughs> for this. <laughs> I want my mummy. I was in eighth grade and I was in a play called I Want My Mummy, and it was great. It was about a mummy. And I lived, uh, I, I was the nerd. I was the human character. It was fun. Anyhow. You were the American going, yeehaw! Yeah, I was shooting guns everywhere. Yeah, pow, pow. <laughs> and it was at school, so you could bring guns to school, apparently. Oh, um, man. I know, crazy times. But uh, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. It's interesting that it only had a 75% audience score that still baffles me. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a younger generation who didn't like this movie later on, or maybe they're trying to make it fun and popular. But us old folk really enjoy the hell out of it. And I don't know a single person who doesn't like it. So that's about a hundred percent in my friend group. So this is a, uh, this definitely is an a for me. I, I love this movie. What would have been really fun is an, I was watching a YouTube video on this. Um, if instead of the, the mummy returns and then the Jade dragon empire or whatever, uh, if instead they had Rick and Evelyn, go do explorations in, in different countries and continue on. And then so like in the second one, they could introduce the the Universal Monsters characters and they go to Transylvania and they have to uncover what's going on with this ancient Dra- uh, Dracula character. And in the one after that, they find uh, the the werewolf. They have to go to wherever that is in London or something like that. And um, I think that would be really cool to see. That's just my opinion. But this is an A for me. Absolutely love this movie. Everyone should check it out. Wow. Alright, that's fair. What about you? Eh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love this movie too. I, I was going to say, I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> no, no, I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. 
Uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. I do think that I've seen it too many times now, though. And uh, I might be more like the B plus at this point. Wow. But I do enjoy it. It was a, it's a very good movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I, I am I, I am excited to watch it again at some point, but uh, not anytime soon. <laughs> it's uh, kind of one of it's one of Alex's like go to movies. So yeah. it's just always on. So I, I have experienced the mummy quite a bit. And that has it might have diminishing returns at this point. But <laughs> uh, I know that when I saw it for the first time, I would have given it an A for sure. There you go. Do, have you been? When's the last time you went to Universal Studios? Oh my gosh! Uh, well, I went to Flo- Universal Studios Florida for the first time in 2019. Mm-hmm. But before that, uh, I hadn't been since like 2003 or four or something like that. Do you know if they still have the Mummy ride? Don't they I have? Don't. Like, I think it's. I think it's like Transformers now or something like that. Well. No, it's like a, it's like a King Kong or a Godzilla, or a Jurassic Park or some shit. Now, I don't no. know. I, I I could be mistaken. I, I think it's called like what, Revenge the Mummy of the Ride Mummy. was the Mummy Ride was kind of a water ride, right? Uh, no, I thought it was more like an Indiana Jones style thing. I, I thought it was called Revenge of the Mummy or something, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh yeah, I never did that. But along the same lines of you, like with Disneyland, Indiana Jones, it will always be one of my favorite rides. Um, I just love the whole pageantry leading up to it. You know, with the the rocks and whatnot and then you get to the vehicles and there's you're in like an actual jeep and someone can be in the driver's seat doesn't really matter but it's still so fun and just everything around it you know snakes i hate snakes i love that ride so much yeah so so fun it it is like indiana jones you're right it's an indoor thing uh it's going under massive like renovations in the florida one but i don't know if it still exists in in hollywood yeah, I feel like uh, the L.A. one is, is dead. I feel like that one is, is not around It opened anymore. in 2004, so it's been a hot minute. <laughs> but I haven't, I haven't been since. Because uh, Back to the Future was still a ride when yeah. I went to, to Hollywood. So it's it's been, it's been a spell. Yeah, it's been and The Simpsons then, since like 2009, I think. Yeah, it's a long time. And, you know, I remember the Miami Vice action spectacular number one show <laughs> number, number one the show why am i wise <laughs> um and then that became Waterworld. yeah so it's it's and they had a conan they had this conan experience it wasn't a ride you sat and watched the show but it was cool there was like this dragon that came up out of this giant hole big old big old dragon and um <laughs> like okay it was like a the hole itself was probably like, I don't know, maybe 12 or 15 feet in diameter. And so this big old, big ass dragon comes out. But it was cool. Sounds fun. I don't think it exists anymore either. But yeah, uh, at the, the Florida, I went on a lot of different rides and I had a good time, except for the Fast and Furious ride. It was like a, they phoned it in, man. Like It's they so were, boring. They were not into it. Yeah, it's really so, boring. What can you do? There you go. Yeah. Well, is that the show? Are we done? Well, that is the show. We are all done. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and your efforts. It has been an absolute pleasure discussing The Mummy with you, Zachary. Yeah, me too. I will give myself a pat on the back on that one. <laughs> what are we going to do next week? Because I really want to do something fun. 
What are you talking about? Wasn't this? as fun. <laughs> what are you talking about? This was tons of fun. We'll we'll discuss it off air, and then or maybe we can throw a poll up or something like that. I've just seen the, this movie too many times. That's okay. I... This is the first time I've seen it in years, Justin. Years. Oh my I tell you, I've already seen this movie before. <laughs> I've already been to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Anyways, I'll send us off. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Should I do the Pee Wee voice? Thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod, at EdgyArmo, and at ZachDale60, where you can share your thoughts with us, and we will discuss them on our show. I can't do it the entire time. Heck, you can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episode. A uh, good just, one. Oh, whoa. Like, I want uh, to do, do a good one. Like The Last Dragon. Make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and please leave us a five-star review. I got a birthday coming up next week. I think I might have to pick the episode for next week. And it might... I think Justin's going to be pretty happy. Rambo. (laughs) Yeah. Last Blood Feud Part 2 Rambo. Whatever. With Jeeps and guns and... and, uh, All those things. Brian, Brian, whatever his name is. I think he died, though. Additionally, we are also available on every other major podcast app. Just please don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.